Open Windows Podcasts. A venture of Hit the Road Cultural Journeys. A journey in time to music and the arts for your enjoyment and enrichment. Presented by Orhan Ahuskal, DMA, solo violinist and former professor of violin and chamber music. Hi everybody, I am very excited today. I am with a very dear friend of mine, Veronika Vestik, a master violin maker, and we are visiting her in their workshop with her husband, Aryan, and I will introduce her to you and we will talk about violin making today. Veronika, thank Hello. you very much for your time. You're welcome. Uh, so, <laughs> we are about 25 kilometers from uh, Munich in the south, in the beautiful Bavarian countryside and in this beautiful little violin workshop and we will talk about Veronica's new violin that I see here that's being it's becoming a violin now. Veronica, a little bit about you. So tell us where you learned how to make the violins and you are a master violin maker. That means you have passed many exams. Can you tell us about yeah. that? Actually, I'm, uh, I'm not a master, but I'm a journeyman in the um, Johnny Man. Yes, I I okay. it is called Johnny Man because first I I studied in Mittenwald in the violin building school mm-hmm. and there you have you you stay there three and a half years. In this time you are um a lehrling. I don't know exactly okay. the so English you're a, word. It's smaller That's the, level yeah, maker. Okay. Yeah, then and and you finish with an exam that is called the Gesellenprüfung. This is an exam of apprenticeship. And uh, then you are a journeyman. And this is a tradition that you are supposed, to, in this time, before you get a master, to it's travel... It's a title. This is not a master's degree. This is actually a title of you're a master violin maker. No. Um, so the title yes. is master violin maker. So I'm just making sure that people understand. Uh, it's not like a master's degree. It's about it's a um, skill exam, yeah, becoming yeah. a master. So, from journeyman to master, what do you have to do? There, you need to work several years with other masters, and you need some experience. And your the tradition is that you work in several shops to learn. Different some. workshops. Yes. Okay. Because after you you studied it, you really have to learn how it works in the practice. In the real, real world. world. How long do you have now to become a master? Or I think it's something like two years. Left. So yeah. Okay. No, no, not for me. You are supposed to work two years as a journeyman. So you will do apprenticeship with some master maker or yes, something like yes. that. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And there you learn specific things that only are known in this workshop and learn okay. really. Trade secrets. Yes, also. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, some things that you don't learn in the uh, in, in the, school. In school. Uh-huh. There you learn really only the very important Grundlagen, the, the basics. Uh, foundations. Yeah, uh, okay. It's a really good foundation what you learn in Mittenwald, uh-huh. but afterwards it's um, important to go into d- different workshops to be perfect in some kind of. In, uh, in, in a particular in, style yes, or in a particular yes, school of yeah, violin making. Yeah. And uh-huh. this is really important. Then you're supposed, if you want, you can make a master. This is something... It's an uh, optional thing. Yes. You don't have to. Okay. Yeah. But I think it exists only in Germany. Or maybe also in Switzerland and Austria. But then you have a degree where you can teach others. In violin making, when you this, become a master, yeah. you, you qualify to teach others, obviously. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. But now, this in the new time, you can also teach some without being I master uh-huh. in in violin bu- building. But if you are uh, any other, uh, um, if you do a, another job, it is still important to have the master to. Uh, like how does it affect your uh, business maybe like you can yeah. you can write Geigenbaumeister yeah, and then does the price of the instrument change or people will come to you more as as uh, apprentices 
it is or is it no, just a, from from it's an ego yeah, stroke yeah, okay. It, it, <laughs> okay i am a meister <laughs> yeah and uh, the meisters are uh, organized in a group in germany the Geigenbaumeister uh, group. It's like a guild. Yeah, it is a or guild. Or association. Yeah, oh, yeah okay. it is uh -huh. an association, which is a guild, I guess. So, um, I see you're making a new violin. and uh, my, my people, the people who tra do these cultural travelers, uh, may not know anything about violin making. So, let's talk about step by step what you do. Like, you choose the wood. Yes. What are the things, uh, important points about the wood? Like how old uh, is it supposed to be, and what kind yes. of trees? The um, the wood is actually in this case from Mittenwald spruce. Yes. Spruce. The yes, that's the table. Front, the, uh -huh. the front. front panel. Uh -huh. Yeah, and um, this is a wood which grows also in Mittenwald in the mountains. It's not the the spruce which uh, grows in the area we live, but it has to be a um, mountain spruce. So it has to be higher altitudes, yeah? yeah? Because then the rings, okay. tree rings, will uh -huh. be very narrow because in the height there is the climate very extreme and yeah, it is colder. So and that affects the trees, yeah. that trees are stronger? Or? Yeah, and there's not much uh, humid and not much earth on the rocks. Okay. So they really grow from very little food. <laughs> they only have. So the roots yeah. are very small, or no? They they um, they grow very slowly. That's I see. They grow they, very. Yeah. The trees grow very yeah. slowly. Uh -huh. Yeah, because in uh, in the wood you can see in what you buy. So in therefore, Ikea. the rings are very yeah. narrow, very yeah. little. Uh, yeah. That makes that, how does that affect the instrument? Yeah, that is much more stable. Much more stable than yes. trees in lower plants. Yes. Okay. For example, if you go to IKEA or something like that, is much wider. The rings, the are, rings much, are much wider. Yeah, yeah, wider, and it's not a, the good uh, violin building spruce. So yeah. the front panel is from spruce, and the rest. The rest is the ribs and Does the back. Uh -huh. They are in this case from um, a marple. Also, a ahorn, um, is yeah, it? Uh -huh. ahorn. maple. Uh -huh. Yeah, maple. Maple, okay. Maple, like the syrup. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's also there are different ty uh, types of maple. This is a berg ahorn, a okay. mountain maple. Mountain maple. <laughs> yeah. Again, it has yeah. to be higher altitudes. Yeah, uh -huh. and the the leaves are a little bit. Different. You can see the see, They are like spitzer. They are what is spitzer? pointy. Pointy. Uh -huh. Yes. Um, and maple makes very beautiful uh, waves in the view. Designs. It, it, yeah. It has, uh -huh. has a very beautiful design. So it's a single uh, piece of wood. Not. You have, it does have a beautiful pattern. Yeah. It is also. Uh -huh. Can you knock on the instrument? We are ah. looking at a wooden yeah. box. Okay. It has no varnish. It does look like a violin already. It has both. It, the box is complete with the F holes and purflings, but there's no varnish on it, and, and there's no neck. There's nothing else. May I? Uh -huh. Yeah. So, so different places on the instrument. This is the top. A deeper sound maybe, and on the edges. Yeah. It's a smaller sound. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If, if so you have selected. This is up to you, like which uh, pieces of wood to use. You decide yourself. Yes. Like the front panel will be spruce and the back will be a berg, a horn. No, this is what I make, what is also traditional that you name. Um, the tradition is to uh, take spruce for the table and maple or there are others, options. other options, uh -huh. yes. Uh, this mountain uh, maple is the yeah. best uh, possibility for the back. Yeah. Or for the whole instrument? No, only for the back and the ribs and the scroll. The neck. And the neck. It's the same wood like the back and the ribs. It has the same yeah. pattern. So that's yeah. so it's a more visual thing than sound, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Uh, is it harder than the spruce? Yeah, it huh? has to be harder because um, there's a lot of tension on the... And if this is a very um, soft wood, it will... The neck angel will... Nick will, will break or, or yeah. bend forward yeah. or something okay, yeah. in time. 
some I saw violins where the neck came forward and then it is nearly impossible to play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> forward. Okay. Uh -huh. Yeah. But the, therefore we have this um, the fingerboard. Uh -huh. The fingerboard finger is from ebony and ebony is really the hardest wood that uh, we uh -huh. can get. Because and when we play, okay, as a, as a player, when you keep your fingers and keep putting them on the fingerboard, eventually you create, in the same places you keep always hitting, become slightly undulated and has to be again um, flattened, the fingerboard. So it has to be the hardest yeah. wood possible, really, yes. in that way. Yeah. So ebony, and ebony is a very dark brown or black colored. In times where they had no ebony, they, they used another hard wood like. But this, this uh, ebony is, um, has the advantage, fortile, mm -hmm. that is, has very little pores. Okay, Porn. it's not porous, <laughs> so it doesn't yeah. have holes on it. Yeah, it's it has no okay. And then you, it's very good feeling to play on it. It's easier to move on that yes. kind of thing. otherwise okay. you're stuck <laughs> with this string <laughs> in the pool. You would hate to do that, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you have chosen the wood. Um, I'm sure people will be wondering, like, how long it takes to make a violin. If you do, ah, yes. is it like per, uh, how many hours or weeks, would you say? I started, um, yeah, this, sometimes you need to, uh, for drying, for drying, um, waiting until something dries or, but um, if you count the lessons, uh, the hours, hours you, you get something like um, maybe 180 hours until it really is, you uh, can playable. play. Uh -huh. yeah. Then you still can make a lot to make it perfect. To improve it. Because then it still gets interesting to search for the... Location of the bridge or... Uh, yes, maybe, of uh -huh. course. Uh -huh. And the brights and the thickness of the bridge, there you can make a lot of difference in the sound. Or the pressure of the sound post and the exact location of the sound post. And so do, they don't teach you these things at school, do they? Or no, not really. No. They say okay. it has to stand here. Okay, so there is a strong. specific location. Should, it should <laughs> yeah. be under, in the box or someplace. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, but you don't have the feeling in this time yet, how it has to feel like. Something it is... That looks beautiful. By the way, I played on a violin by Veronica this last um, February. I played the Brahms Violin Concerto. Yes. And the orchestra thought my own violin, uh, also a German violin, didn't sound too loud or loud enough. Uh, so after trying four or five other instruments, I decided to play on an instrument by Veronica, a beautiful new violin. Uh, and it really was uh, joyful, very, very fun, very much fun to play. And I think it got very good result and everybody yes. really enjoyed it. Yeah. So this is a new violin uh, being made, being made. Uh, is born, let's, let's say it's born. Yes. Uh, so you have chosen the wood, uh, and what do you do next? The next is then I had this big wood. It was a big wood. Okay, big piece of wood. Yeah. And how old does this wood have to be? I know it has to be old. Not. It doesn't have to be too old. I learned at school still that it has to be several decades of years. Uh, more than 30 years would be good. Okay, or that's what minus, I thought. Yeah, or minus, uh, minimum 10 years. Um, Ion does this research on dendrochronology there. You can see in which year the wood was cut and in which year the you see instrument the, was made. Yeah, because in some Stradivaris there is the date of the year when, when he built the violin. Uh -huh. And in some violins, or many violins, there are only maybe five years difference and if you that's the proof that is he used the very fresh wood and he's like the star of all violin builders yeah, exactly. ever and it is important that the wood is cut in the winter of course because then all the water goes in the round so, uh -huh. and I don't know, there's also a big um, Wissenschaft, what is this? Uh, um. Wissenschaft is science. Uh, uh -huh. Big science. Oh, yeah. Wait. Talk. Clara, ich rufe dich gleich zurück. Okay. <laughs> I, I will call her back. Um, there's a big 
science about um, when to cut the wood, in which uh, state the of... The wood for instrument making. Yeah. Okay, so there is a science to it. Yeah, okay. and some go from, make it dependent from the moon and from the sign of the stars. This is like okay. a big tradition from the, since is this, ever. Is it really scientific or is it, does it go into little... Uh, like astrology, a uh, little bit. No, it's not a. No, I mean. You can call it Yeah, science is not the real world then. This is a tradition. Because tradition. they okay. are uh, this craftsman traditions. And they said, in Mittenwald, they said you cut the wood for, um, for, for violence in this decade. This is the new, the new moon after. Uh, after in the new year, the first new moon in the new year. I see. Then so it's very the, specific. Yeah. So this you is cut the, it at, if you missed it a week like that, or it's not the moon is not new anymore. Then it's useless. It's pointless. <laughs> it yeah, like that. because it's not practical. Because if the snow is too high in this, then it's not possible to cut it. Uh -huh. Because you otherwise it has to be also possible to to go there. Because if there is the weather too dangerous. And it's really dangerous to cut ah, the wood okay. in Mittenwald because the high there's it's really um, mountains are very high yes. and steep. Ab absolutely. Ah, okay, so it's yeah. not like this is like really you just walk onto a nice field no. and cut a tree. It's not no. nothing like that. No, okay. that's not. It's really dangerous job from for this. Uh -huh. uh, and in ancient so times, the violin makers are not the ones who cut the trees. Then no, no, <laughs> they, they bring somebody who knows yeah. a climber or you know, it's like a mountain person. And yeah, uh -huh. okay. So the the time of the uh, when you cut the, uh, the the tree is very important. It has to be in the winter sometime, yeah. and according to some other specific. Yeah. Um, okay, but I cannot prove it if I buy now the wood. If it's but I'm I trust that it's cut in the winter because then it will be uh, more stable and because and if there is if the wood is fresh or there's too much water in it still then it is it warps more easily yes, yeah? it yes. loses its shape yes. that even happens in cheap furniture yeah that's the same uh-huh so uh -huh. uh, the wood is we believe at least 10 years old maybe even ideally like 20 or 30 years old but doesn't have to be your saying yes. i understand yes then what so i i, th I think this um, this wood could be from Markwaldstein, that is really, really close to Mittenwald. It's also mm -hmm. the same position in the mountains, in the Bavarian Alps. And there I know someone who's a firster. He works in the mountain and he cut it really on this perfect play, uh, time. And it's really a, a really good wood. It's very light and nice to work with. Okay. I like it very much. Oh, great. Uh -huh. so, uh -huh, I also, the violin you played is from this wood. I, I, I like it very much. It's the same yeah. tree? Is yes, it? it's the uh -huh. same tree. Uh -huh. I bought this, uh, now it's already 15 years ago. Okay. So now it's older already, but then it was still, I think, five years older. Now it's so 20 it's years old. So it's 20 years yeah. old. Yeah. Uh -huh. no, yes, I'm... <laughs> like from a piece of wood like that, how many instruments can you cut? I mean, violins, oh. obviously. Huh? Yes, many. Many? Uh, yes. It's enough for one life. <laughs> really? Uh, from okay. one tree. Enough tree, but how big is the, the piece of wood that you have? You ah, cut? no, I, I, he cut it already in good pieces for violin building. Uh -huh. okay. So I, I have maybe 30 for 30 violins or something like this. Now it gets less. I need to go there. I again. see, you need new wood now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, yes. great. Uh -huh. Um, so it's by the way the the instrument is like standing upright now <laughs> on, yes. on on the table here. Um, yes, so it's really it. nicely balanced. It rocks to the sides because the the bout uh, of the instrument, so the bottom part of the instrument, like it's like a rocking chair when you push it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so go yes. ahead. Then what happens? Um, then you choose. Okay, here is yes, my question. So, like in yeah. Mittenwald, uh, or there are different uh, schools of violin making. Making so it's like Cremona or Brescia and, and other places in, yes. in Middelcourt in France. Yeah. 
and in Germany. Yes. Um, so they have different, uh, was it the maker? Like this is like a Klotz or this is like a Stradivari or Guarneri. Yeah. Uh, so how do you decide? Is it something you decide like uh, I'm a, or you like a s specific pattern? You use that all, always? Yes, um, I, I have one instrument that is a Guadagnini. Um, I, I don't have it, but I uh, could work with it a lot and uh, I studied it really good and I tried to understand the architecture and the idea um, in this instrument and I like it very much and it sounds great, it's a very good violin and I um, make a, not a real copy, but I use it as a... Um, as a idea, model. A model. Oh, it's a, okay. my model, yes. Uh -huh. So it's not so, an exact replica you're making, but no, you use yeah. it as a, as a guideline, maybe. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah. Guadagnini, yeah. of course, a famous yeah. maker. Uh -huh. And what the Mitten, what we learned in Mittenwald was not any... We didn't make the typical models or, um, yes, uh, from German violins, but we made the Italian models because they are a little bit more perfect I they are more um, in their logical in their okay. in their architecture because the most of the German um, old German makers like Steiner, yeah uh -huh. like Steiner he learned also in Italy in Italy uh -huh. well so, violin was born in Italy yeah uh, we know, that's um, in the uh, early 16th century, the earliest paintings of violins uh, we find in northern Italy in churches. Yeah, yes. Uh -huh. I'm actually writing a book about that, but wow. uh, you know, <laughs> yes. well, it's it's going to be a part of my book, hopefully. So, I, but I have worked on this section already. It's it's really interesting. Uh -huh. So we know that there yes. is there are violins or what an instrument that we can call violin by 1520s, 30s. Uh, yeah. Already, uh, and it evolved from different instruments. We yeah. know that. No, certainly. Uh, in northern Italy, well, it's not sure if it's Cremona or Brescia. It could yeah. be either yeah. or uh, simultaneously at the same time. Yeah. And then uh, German makers who went to Italy, like Steiner, um, studied there yeah. and then brought that craft into Germany, to the yeah. northern part of the yeah. Alps. And so did also Matthias Klotz, who brought the violin building tradition to Mittenwald. To Mittenwald. Yeah. We will talk about Mittenwald, maybe another ah, okay. talk. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, so, so, okay, you're making at the school, they teach you different, maybe more Italian uh, violin models. So, yeah. uh, Guadagnini is certainly yeah. an Italian one. Yeah, it is. Uh -huh. So, this is a, is a, it's modeled on a Guadagnini instrument. Yeah. Okay. I have a gips for uh, I, it's like a blueprint yes is it? yeah it's, a uh -huh. it's like a it's building's it's blueprint yes okay and of course you i have also my own handwriting that you can see on what i do it's like a, it's like a writing or a, a language so you, everybody has a own signature, uh, signature uh -huh. yes and of course, I'm not Italian, that everybody can hear in my language also. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, that, that's the other thing also. Uh -huh. Like when, you, when I know there are specialists who specialize on a certain period or certain land. Yes. And they say, and they can actually um, certify instruments. Yes. And when they look yeah. at it, let's say there is no label in the instrument. But yeah. they can, by looking at it, say, oh, this is certainly 19th century German, or certainly yeah. Klotz, or certainly a French instrument yeah. from the Miracor uh, school. Or, yes. uh, so, uh, in that way, your instruments are also very personal. So, when people who know your work look at it, they can say, this is uh, from uh, this is by Veronica. I guess, Preston. well, yes. Eventually. Of no, I think it is not difficult. If you know me or other works from me, it is possible to see the connection between the instruments. Also, oh. with other uh, Italian old and ancient ma makers, they have every violin is different, but still you can see the handwriting. In, you can see the personality of the of the maker. maker. Yes, of course, and that's what they do. I I think. Okay, let's explain it to to our listeners. It's because violins are not not the cheap violins, but the professional violins are all handmade. And as we said, there are different violin making centers throughout history. They all have different characteristics. The centers have, like schools of making yeah. have, 
characteristics, but also the people who made instruments have personal things. Yeah. And that's the thing. So uh, every violin is different. One, that's one thing. They're like people. They all look very similar, but they are very different. Uh, their measurements are, uh, again, slightly different. There's obvious. There's an obvious shape. It's like looking at a human. We have a head and your know, arms and legs, and we look like oh, probably to some other species, we might look all the same. Yeah. Uh, but so just like that with the instruments, they all look the same, but they they're all every one of them is different. Yeah. Um, you say that it depends very good. on the huh? Yeah. You explain it very good. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, so because they all uh, they all have we can say that this is a violin because it has a certain shape we can also tell that if when it's slightly larger this is a viola or it's a smaller viola or these uh, we can easily tell yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the smaller details come into uh, into question like the positioning of the f holes um, yes. the the bouts or everything really there is so much uh, detail that could be different and these are the things that determine who made the instruments, yeah. uh, this is certainly by somebody. Yeah. And that is something that one learns throughout their uh, life, basically. Because yeah. I cannot tell. I mean, I can say, oh, this sounds or looks like a, um, an instrument that I played before. Yeah. Like I played ah. on Klotz instruments. Yeah. So I can yeah. say, this looks like a, a southern German instrument. That's as close as I can get. <laughs> yeah. uh, or I can say, this looks Italian. Yeah. Uh, but that's about it. One has to have yeah. a lot of interest and spend time and look at very different examples of these instruments. Yeah. Like famous ones by Stradivari that, that have names. So you look yeah. at catalogs and all that. Eventually you have a big database, let's call it. Then you can say, yeah. well, this looks like you know one of these instruments, so it must be Italian. Or it could be by Stradivari or it could be copied, of course. Yeah. Okay, so I keep jumping in, but it's very interesting. So, yeah. so you've decided on the model and all that, and what happens then? You start carving, you start shaping the wood. Yeah, in the beginning, I start with the um, ribs. The, I see, I, the first thing you do yeah, is the ribs. But I had to cut the ribs on the, out of the big wood because I like the ribs to be out the same piece of wood like the back because this is really beautiful. Yeah, it's a visual so, thing, it yeah, certainly this does. Is, it does yeah. look very beautiful. But so it was a really, a, it took me, I think, th three hours to cut this big piece of wood. It was uh, because I needed to uh, get enough wood for, from... Uh, for I the had, whole panel. For, yeah, for uh -huh. the whole, whole panel. Back. Yeah, but it, uh, it was enough wood for everything <laughs> in the end. And uh, then I have like small slices of wood. They, I have to make them very um, thin to 1.3 millimeters, 1.2. And then I uh, can shape them with hot steel. So you have these flat uh, slices of wood, let's mm -hmm. call, like yeah. 1.3 millimeters yeah. thick or thin. And then you put it into some kind of a mold and that's hot. Yeah, no, uh, it's, a, it's, an, it's an... Bigger eisen. I think there is. I see, it's like an iron. Uh -huh. It's an iron, yes. Okay. Which is uh, where you press the wood on it. During the pressure, it can shape. shape. Yes. Okay, the, yeah. the ribs, we're saying ribs, it is like when you look at a, a string instrument, you have the front, you yeah. see the F holes, and you have the back, and in between, it's like the sides, we call those ribs, and those are the thin sheets of wood. Yeah. And you have to shape them like this. Um, like a human body, basically, okay? Like shoulders yeah. and then the waist, and then the, uh, what is it, the, what is this? The, Hüfte. the butt. butt. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. something in this, yes, it is. And this makes design of the whole violin. Yeah. So you started with the ribs, and then, then what happens? After I made this um, rib, it's a, called Zagenkranz in... Mult. Mult, yes. Okay. I think so. <laughs> Mult. I, after okay. I made the mult, I can put the... Um, the pla I see the mold, the, the, uh, the, sh the shape of the thing. Mold. Yeah, yeah. the mold, yes. Uh, I can put the piece of spruce and the put, uh, piece of... Uh, maple. Maple on it and make the outline on this new wood. Then I start first just with a saw and then with different um, tools 
How many yeah. tools do you have here? Okay. Okay. In, in a violin <laughs> workshop, it is. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is like a wood workshop, but there is uh, obviously you do so much small detail work, and you have smaller other carving instruments. There's dozens of carving tools I see here. Okay, you put the um, the shape basically, yeah. you trace it out, and then you have a violin shape, and then you start cutting it with the saw. Actually, it is this very similar tools like Schreiner has. It's a, a carpenter. Carpenter. And the scroll is uh, it's the tools that a Bildhauer needs. A Bildhauer is also a the sculpture? Yes, yeah, sculpture needs. Okay. This is a sculpture work. The scroll is a sculpture work, and this is a desk maker. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, scroll is 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 not part of the violin's body, and because yeah. at the end of the violin there's a neck, and then there is what we call the scroll, where these strings go into into this box, uh, where there's four pegs. Um, so and then the strings are uh, tied into these pegs basically and they're all different of course every maker is different in some instrument you will find this like a lion's head or something yes. like that, some rare things like that yeah uh, but that's a scroll so that is exactly that's more sculpture work than like making the body of the violin yes uh -huh. and uh, there was a time where other people made the scroll than made the, uh, and other people made the uh, the rest of the violin. Because but scroll yeah. is a different uh, skill, obviously. Yeah. It is something. I mean, it's like furniture making. You do these fine legs uh, of the uh, tables or you know, coffee yeah. tables and that, yeah. something like that. Okay. And there was also this time where they made lions or angels instead of a scroll, and this was a nice tradition also, but. Because it and has I'm no effect on the sound of the instrument, no, so no. it just looks different. Yeah, yeah, like they are now. really beautiful things uh, that we can still see in museums. Mainly. In the museums, yeah? Yeah. So now you have shaped and cut the front and back panels. Yeah. And then you start shaping because they're not flat. Yeah. First, with these uh, big uh, knives that you cut, where you cut the wood... Uh, off, but then I use uh, something like this. What is this? This called? That's a plane. Is are you sure? Maybe okay. I show you another one. Okay. How it is called? This one. What are they called? Hobel. Ho. Hobel. Hobel. Plane, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. that's a plane. Because I'm not make it plain with a plane, but still it is a... Yeah, it's, is they're the called name. plane. So with a plane okay. you carve the instrument. Yeah. And obviously you have different thicknesses of these planes because yeah. the, the finer detail you have to do, the smaller the plane is. Yeah. So the, the shape of the front and back panels, these curves, the bouts, yeah, yeah. They, they come out. Because, yes. you know, like in, in some German violins, that's really high, yeah, I remember. That's, it, yeah, it's uh, true. That's a like typical Steiner design. is quite high, isn't yeah. it? Uh, and that sometimes that affects the sound, I remember, not positively in a way. Uh, the copy of Steiner are very high, very often. Okay. But, yeah, but I was in a very nice exhibition of Steiner violins, and I found them different than I expected, because they he made... Really good. You could see the Italian idea, and this was not. Um, it was maybe a little bit higher, but other German instruments, which took Steiner as their model, they made really high. I don't know. They exaggerated. Yeah, okay. They, they exaggerated. That's typical for copying. That you exaggerate to make it really good. <laughs> I see. So I can improve it by overdoing it. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, so why is it not flat, like in the guitar, ah, it's a flat yeah. um, front and back, but on string instruments, uh, the front and back have this um, slanting or the curving yeah. body. But why I think that? it, it um, developed this way because it uh, is more stable, because this curve is uh, really stable. Because once the, the body of the instrument is finished, we're going to put a bridge on it and yes. then put four metal strings. And yeah. then those strings will put a lot of pressure on the body of the instrument. Yeah. So it is because it's, it's like a bridge, it's curved. It has more support against the bridge. Is that the idea? Yes, I think it is. 
and there there are violins which which are uh, 500 years nearly. Amatis are like yeah, 500 years. Yeah, and they are still in condition. They of course they were repaired and but they can uh, endure the time and in the the guitars I think they they don't stand I say the so guitars long. don't last very long. No, no? not okay. so long. Not so hundreds of years. I think because mm -hmm. it's not so stable if it is plain. So of, of course, so at some it point it like, starts breaking basically. Yeah, it's and, the uh, same. It's a construction of a bridge. This works like a bridge, and if you make a bridge very flat, it, it will. The violins front panel and the back are built like a bridge. So, but old bridges like stone bridges where yeah. you have to support the the weight of the bridge by placing the stones in such a way that yeah. they're not flat. Yeah. There's always an arch. Yeah. So it's like that. Okay. So and it's a uh, construction thing. It's a, it's like yeah. an architectural thing. It I is. Think, and and if you look in the churches of this time or in city architecture of bridges or other big buildings, they they are, have the same idea behind the um, behind it. So it's, it's a very functional thing rather than oh, how it looks yeah. more beautiful like that kind of, okay. Yes, and of course they were really crazy about the golden uh, schnitz. The, the, golden the ratio. Yes. Okay, and so I, the I violin's know, yeah. um, structure ha also fits into the golden ratio. Also, if you know how to do it, it's very easy to construct this only with, uh, you need a circle because everything is here with proportions. For example, this is one. Uh, this hole is one twentieth of this length. This is one example, and the F holes they developed from an, a different shape, but this is a good shape. Uh, it's also a very practical shape because um, rounding it doesn't give the the wood won't get scratches. And also this inlay which we make in the um, edges. Uh -huh. Yes. It is this developed because um, it makes the wood stable so that they are, don't get scratches in the edges. Yes. And okay. also here is a typical place where you would get scratches uh -huh. because the wood works from dryness or heat. It will shrink or expand and uh, then it would get um, scratches. You mean the, um, so the, it's not the wood, but the, the varnish will get scratches. No, though, do you no mean? the wood. Like uh, old violins have this very often. Cracks. Cracks. Yeah. Okay. It's against the cracks. And ah, okay, so it actually holds because it's against the, the lines of the wood. The purfling yeah. um, actually holds the lines so that with the expansion and contraction of the wood, yeah. with heat and humidity yes. and cold, yeah. uh, it still holds the wood together yes. so that it doesn't crack because yeah. it can easily yeah. crack. Okay. Yeah. Now I understand. Good. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, am I, That's I fine. am not used to speak so much in English about violins. <laughs> it's and, not a problem. Yeah. Maybe. But in the back it is more for, uh, because it looks very beautiful. Mm -hmm. This marble is not uh, doesn't get cracked so easily. So spruce does, but maple yeah. doesn't yeah. easily. Okay. Yeah. And then it is already. Then I put. Of course, I had to put the f holes in. In this moment, I put the neck in the body. Okay. <laughs> and you will you will end up nailing it there, yeah? With yeah, the, no, it, yes. In really ancient times, it was used to nail it. And but then they glued it. And what, how yeah. do you how do you fix it there? Now we uh, I make a it's a kind of it's called Schwalbenschwanz because this I can it's put an it interlocking in. mechanism. Yeah, is it? yeah. I if it, I'm not far yet, but I I will it will be possible to put it in, and then it sucks. Okay. But I uh, the, the neck will go into into the upper part of the instrument, and you have already created a. What is it like a place within the wood, and it kind of gets more and more narrow. Yes, and, that's it. And so the in, fitting in piece, part of the neck, if it's too tight, too not too small, yeah, it, it will actually lock in by itself. Okay. Yeah. 
And what is also important is and really traditional is the glue, which is from bones. Bones? <laughs> yes. It's gelatine. Uh-huh. What, what kind of animal? Human bones? No. <laughs> I think uh, it's from cows. Cows. Cow bones. Okay. That's so I don't have to look under these wooden boards on the floor to see if there are any dead bodies. <laughs> <laughs> no. But we okay, have also so cow fish, bones. fish glue. We have also fish. Fish bones. Yes. So, so how do, do they actually like boil the bones to get the glue or... Or yeah, do they how, actually how, yeah, powder how, it, like crush them? Yeah, I don't know. No, no, I it's, uh, it's gelatine. How, how do you produce? Gelatin. Uh -huh. Yeah, I don't know how you produce gelatin. I don't know either. Yeah. I think you have to cook it and then there will... So it becomes gelatinous yeah, like that. That's, uh -huh. it. that's it? That's actually strong enough to glue these things? Yes. You could also uh, take gummibärchen. Ah, gummy bears. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because they have gelatin in them. Huh? Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Nothing, uh, maybe a little bit sugar, no? Yeah, it's sugar, of course, sugar. But yeah. um... but I know somebody who glued his violin with uh... <laughs> gummy bears. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's funny. Yes. This smells yeah. great too. <laughs> so it smells nice too. <laughs> yeah. No, but I think it, I don't know how long it lasts. But we use this glue because um, it is not visible afterwards and it is possible to open it again. How do you re uh, release this kind of glue? Release by... Uh, heat it up? Or? Yes, and by... or with water or... but if with pressure it will just go off. Give in. Okay. Give in, yes. And all these parts you also glue uh, with the same material? Yes. Okay. Well, That's this is okay. Um, let's let's put it to let's explain a little bit. Um, so when you're gluing an instrument like that, if you use something that's too strong, yes, let's say, and then the instrument has some kind of damage at some point, it yeah. got cracked, it, it had an accident, yeah. then when you have to open the let's say you have to open the top panel, you have to remove it, and then when you're doing it, you would probably damage the whole wood. Yeah, and it's and you don't want that. Yes, yeah, and it is it's dead. It's a yeah, yeah. you really. You, you would have so much to fix. Yeah. So, but you have some kind of glue that's strong enough, but that can also resolve uh, under certain circumstances yeah. so that yeah. you can open the instrument without damaging the wood itself. Yeah. That's, that's the idea. Yes. And it's mm -hmm. a really great uh, technique. Invention. Yeah. Great. And they, they use it also for books. Book binding. Make, yeah. It's okay. also a book, uh, the same glue for, which uh -huh. is used for bookmaking. Binding. Binding, yes. Uh -huh. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, and is it the same all the, all the way from the uh, you know 15th, 16th century? Yes. Uh, it is. Okay. Yes. So they, 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 before they, any other kind of glue was known, they were still they were using this. Yes. I know they used in architecture eggs, it's like true. Ottoman architecture. Yeah. They used eggs. Casein. Goose eggs, I remember. Yeah, for, yeah. Or maybe even seagulls yeah. or something. But I don't know. Natural it was and never strong. used. For, yeah, and invisible. And that's the other thing, because yeah. it's not like it doesn't leave any kind of residue, you just don't yeah. see it. It's not oh. something between the two pieces of wood, but it's, it goes into the pores of the wood. And into the pores, in the so it's like uh -huh. the little, very tiny little holes in the yeah. wood, the glue is absorbed. Yeah. But it can yeah. still hold them together. Yes, it's amazing. Okay. It's really good. Yeah. But <laughs> well, certainly no, no, no violin under whatever pressure I put on it never came apart. So it's... <laughs> it, yeah. it, yeah. it does work. Yeah. <laughs> Only if it falls down, then it should open, go open because it's better that uh, the glued pieces go open than the wood uh, breaks. So this is a, a exactly. another advantage. Certainly. <laughs> Wow, uh -huh. very clever. Yeah. Okay. So, so you have now these, you're going to put the neck in. Uh, so. so the, but carving the front and back panels, that, that takes a lot of time, obviously, because you have a, a small plane. Yes. Do you, and you have to, do you have to, let's say the front panel is a piece of a flat wood. Yeah. And then, but there's a, there's a slanting, let's get bridge on it. So it's not flat exactly. Is the, the width or the depth of this wood is it the same all around or is like on the on the top is thicker or in other places it's thinner yeah and it has to be here a little bit thicker where the in the center yeah in the center because also where the the bridge um, will bridge, sit on uh -huh. this bridge and the sound post because this is a really uh, it's a place which has to endure a lot 
Plus, like when we play them, you put yeah. a lot of pressure on it. Yes, yeah, you, exactly. Yes, it's really. Yeah, we, we really press really yeah. at times. But it's amazing how thin in the in this areas. In the sides. In the sides, violins sometimes are. I don't make it too thin. Violin is actually an acoustical box. It's like an amplifier. Yeah, whatever yeah. sound that you're producing, yeah. the box has to amplify it. We yes. have no electric means or electronics any support, yeah. so. This upper panel or the both panels have to resonate when we're making the sound. So the thinner yeah. the wood, the more resonance, obviously. But at, at the same time, it yeah. cannot be too thin. Yeah, um, and then it will be not stable enough. Yeah, then it will break at some point. It yeah. won't last very long because. Yeah, and the bridge will fall the in. pressure make make it fall. But uh, now this one I think is three millimeters in the bridge, two point five. In the lower parts, okay. A bit thinner, but this will endure. This it will be a strong yeah, instrument. Yeah, it, it will uh -huh. be strong enough because here is some connection which must be strong, but here is it has to vibrate because yeah so the center line because when yeah. we say um, people don't see so the center line from top to bottom is thicker because the connection is yeah. important but and yeah. then toward the sides towards the belt it is less it's thinner yeah and they resonate more but I have the idea that some of the old instruments which are very th thin mm -hmm. they got they were made thinner Maybe if when they were 100 years old or something like this. So they yeah. made them thinner much later? Yes. I see. Why is uh, that? Because they thought it will uh, sound better. Sound ah, I better. See. So they uh, actually destroyed the instruments basically. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> yes, it was not good for them and also it was a mode. It was something. It's a mode, yeah, it's yeah. a fashion. Yeah, it's a mode. it was a fashion. Our intention is to get what is original, to let everything intact what is original do you understand no this is not yeah original. yeah the idea because the moment yeah. when you modify anything that's old then it loses its value yes it's not original anymore yeah. because you know yeah, sometimes that you have to do that because it's been damaged and you have to fix it but if it's not damaged and it's functioning then you are supposed to keep it yeah, the way it is it. yes but there was one big fashion and this was also maybe a, a good idea they most of the old instruments are not original, original anymore in the angel of the neck. That I know. That, I will yeah. explain that maybe. Because yeah. from the Baroque period, from like the 1760s until 1830s, violins went through a whole bunch of uh, changes. But that was mostly the neck. That's why like my instrument, the neck, can I hold this? Like the scroll is original, but then it was cut here. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, all yes. earlier instruments yeah. from the bottom of the scroll and the neck was replaced. Well, because it was uh, originally like 90 degree coming yeah. out of the instrument, yeah. thicker and yes. shorter. Yes. But the goal was that with the new concert halls and all that, the instruments had to be louder. Yeah. So by slanting the neck backwards slightly, that can create more pressure on the strings. And yeah. you also started using more steel strings yeah so therefore you would have more projection that's it yes um then what happens when you're going to start putting the varnish on yes i will do this i hope next Soon. week okay <laughs> there are two kinds of varnishes i know like alcohol based or yeah oil based oil based yes and you prefer oil based I assume. in yes in the meantime I made a lot of spiritus based, but now I, since some years, I changed to oil based because it is a little bit more stable. I have the idea. Stable the, in what sense? Uh, if you hit it a little bit, it won't uh, spring off so so quickly. I see. So, no, uh, uh, it won't it will, crack easily. Yeah, or, uh -huh. yeah. It is more like there a big part of the oil based is linoil it's, it's also supposed to you're supposed to eat it if you want linseed <laughs> linseed okay, oil yeah okay um and this is really sticky and and we okay. cook it we could cook it for hours you boil so, it for hours yes. before you apply it to the instrument <coughs> yes and so how and then how it and, and they, of course they hardened you, you know they harden yes so that they're not sticky anymore and all that and then they remain 
No, but it's, uh, it hardens only with uh, sun, with UV. With light. <coughs> so you are using linseed oil and you boil it for hours. Yes, with, uh, of course, with, with other uh, materials. Yes. Because every instrument, like when you say, again, some of them are more brown, some of them are orange brown. Yeah. Some even can be like reddish, you know, yes. very different colors of uh, yeah. uh, varnish we can see on the instruments. Yeah. If it's oil, it's typically always linseed oil. Yes. And then how do you change the colors? Do you you play with the color? Like, yes, Because of you course. like to, according to your taste, obviously. Yes. Yes, and the taste of the clients. <laughs> but in old pictures, you can see cochilines, I think it's called. It's a, it was a very expensive color. I see, it's a coloring Yeah, uh, it was thing. quite red. It used to be a fashion, the latest fashion were red violins. They were this cochinine. It's like the film, yeah. the red violin. Yes. <laughs> in fact, I think they used blood there. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, that was the whole idea. Yeah, okay. But in these old pictures, you can see that there's some... Old the, pictures like from the early 1900s or... Or when? even earlier, from the 17th okay. century. Paintings. Yeah. I see, okay. But the color get less red of course in time because it was used a lot in the light and it's not anymore most of the varnish vanished over the hundreds of years so most of the expensive violins now have this golden ground what you still see uh -huh. but they actually and used to be more red you think yes i see yes like Stradivari and amati yeah. and that because right now yes exactly they have a brown like furniture kind of color, but not so red. Yeah, but if you say. really look, then you see there's not much original varnish anymore on it. It's they a have lot all of, been touched up later yeah, on. Yeah, and you make the violin builders or anyone put varnish on it to make it new varnish to conserve it. Yeah, it, because yeah. the varnish has protecting yeah, protected, quality. Protected, yes. Uh -huh. Okay. And so I, I will make more the, the violins like they look now, not the red. You don't they, do the red. Uh, no, it would look funny. <laughs> Even it might if it look was, funny. Yeah, it might look funny, but it is original, but I don't... I, because you will not wait for a few hundred years to see what it would look like. Yes, <laughs> I could do it, but... Uh -huh. I, I think yeah. some of the uh, factory-made instruments are red, red, more red now yes, sometimes. Yes. Yeah. Orange, yeah. red. Yeah, and, this uh, was this aniline color, which I, it's, it's not beautiful. Okay, yeah, it, uh, I, those instruments yeah. never look beautiful. No, this is a really cheap color, which looks one-dimensional. It's, it's not interesting. True, it doesn't it. have any, it, it does look like furniture, really. I mean, yeah. it's like those yeah. those apples you, you dip into candy. Yeah, and that's it's like it. this, <laughs> and you pull it out, and those instruments yeah. look like that. Okay. Maybe the same color in it. Well, I don't know. Well, I possible, I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so you apply, yeah. and how thick is the varnish when you apply it? How thick do you put? Or does does the ah. wood absorb the varnish at all? Or yeah, of course some? it takes a lot of. It absorbs first uh -huh. the first layers. It they will just disappear. Yeah, I okay. can see them, but I can still see the structure of the wood. The but texture I, of the wood yeah. you can still t feel. Yes. So how many layers of varnishing do you have to do? I, it's very difficult to say. I can never say it because. They are so different in the uh, how thick, how much turpentine I put in, uh, how thick the varnish is. But I make so much varnish that I can, in the end, polish it. I will have a layer which is plain, and in this layer, I uh, I don't see the structure of the wood anymore. Sometimes I leave it to that I see the structure because it's also very beautiful. Some mm -hmm. areas to leave this, uh, the view of the structure of the wood, but not. Uh, but in the main areas, I make it really plain. And yeah, I think exactly. So that you yeah. can you can see the designs on the yeah. wood. Uh, yeah. So the the varnish should not hide that obviously. Yeah. Uh -huh. And the varnish also works like the wood, and it will. I think it goes a little bit more into the wood with the time. Okay, so it's in not, time it yeah, gets it takes, more absorbed. Yeah, okay. yeah, it takes some time until it is really hard. I'll tell you something funny. I had to play with so many instruments in my career. It's because I didn't have a decent instrument, so I always borrowed the instruments and sometimes I met somebody, some not-so-great maker, apparently, I didn't know at the beginning, 
and they said, oh, I'm going to make an instrument for you. They did. And then I remember I played on this instrument very sadly. I liked it. It sounded kind of like big and more re a lot of resonance, but under my ear, apparently. So it didn't sound like that. And I took that instrument to a concert I, to do Schnittke Concerto Grosso. But that's funny. Uh, I don't know how it must, made, it must have been very fresh because when you put your finger on it, you could see your fingerprints on the, on the varnish. Yes. Uh, it's so soft. Yeah. yeah. Yes, uh, it, it had not dried yet enough. I, I don't know. Yeah. But if we can actually like almost shape the, the varnish, well, maybe it was left too thick. That's the other thing. Why did yeah. it like, you know, get my fingerprint on the, on the varnish? Yeah. But I had this experience also with a yeah. really, really old uh, varnish. Ah, yes. Well, it, Sometimes was it hot? It's, no, so it's not about heat. It wasn't. Yes, it is thermoplastic. It's it's a it's it reacts on warmth. Okay. Yes. So it, it wasn't just the instrument, but it really yeah. wasn't an instrument. It wasn't yeah. a great instrument. I came it, it came in in this big wooden box like a coffin. I put it back in and sent it back. But I, uh -huh. unfortunately, I I happened to play that concert that was quite important and it was two oh, yeah. violins and the other violinists sounded like so so much sound and I, it looked like I was just doing pantomime oh yes <laughs> very unfortunately yes, yes. you uh -huh. didn't dare to play no I did I played but it, it had so little sound that compared ah, to the okay. other violin I, it, it just sounded ah. so little <laughs> yes unfortunately yeah it uh -huh. is, yes so the video I have yeah. I have the video but uh, I cannot say oh it's a, it was a good concert but I there's so little sound. Uh -huh. The microphone was also uh, closer to the other violin. Uh -huh. Somehow, it's a TV thing. Yeah. Anyway, so it is. So the varnish could be soft. And how yeah. long does it for the varnish to to dry up? You know, how long do you have to wait? It, uh, I I will play the instrument after two weeks or some. I put it in the. I have a cup. Like an oven. Ah, oh, I see. No, an, an cupboard. 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 Yes, uh -huh. where I put UV lamps inside, ah. and there it will dry for one or two weeks. But ultraviolet, then it, that's UV. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah ultraviolet. Uh -huh. yes. Okay. But then it will take some months until the varnish is really hard, dry. dry. Okay, hardened. Yes, but it's possible to play already and to. To enjoy to, to it. Enjoy it, yes. Hopefully. Okay. It must be such a joy that you, um, this is a lot of work, a lot of experience, a great skill. It's not an easy thing. I mean, it, it sounds easy, but I know it is not. So, and then it becomes something and it's, it has two functions. One, it's like making a furniture. Oh, great. I mean, it looks beautiful, but this has something else. It becomes an instrument. It makes yeah. music in the hands of yeah. the right person. It's going to sound great. And yes. that's another function. In that way, it's so much more than a furniture. Yeah. I mean, the furniture might be skillfully made, but then this is an instrument. It has both the skill to build yeah. and then, but also play. It must be amazing feeling for you to, you know, like I did this, I made this instrument from scratch. It was a piece of tree basically. Yes. And then now it sounds like that. How yeah. does that feel? How does it feel? Yeah, yeah. It's yes, like... it's, um, I found it great to see you playing my violin. It was really, it sounds, it always needs a good player to, I couldn't play it. It's like... Uh, but, but I didn't explain can... because Veronica plays the cello more, yeah, more I, like I, in orchestras. I, yes. uh, but so, and Aryan is a violinist. Yeah, but I would never go on stage to play it. <laughs> no, okay, but also you, you, even here in the workshop, you yeah, can play it. Yeah, then we uh -huh. played, of course. Then we are good together because he plays my violin and... and you play his yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so it's a kind of bargaining tool. If you play my cello, I will play it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's good. But you are so close to what you did all for months then. I need always some time where I do something else to realize what it became. Well, it does take yeah. time. I, I assume Just I can to, imagine to, that. Yeah. Uh -huh. Because I look so much in the details and have to put myself out to see the whole violin again. To, and to get a more yeah. objective view. Yes. And then I like it mostly more. If I, 
because during I build it, I'm too critical. I need to be perfect all the time. Okay. Oh, you're after, a perfectionist. Yeah. I understand. Yes. That's difficult. Yes. That's difficult. And then, yeah. but of course, there is, well, perfection is, is it real? Is there perfection? But you can yes. see all the little things I probably wouldn't see, or it, I wouldn't see it as an imperfection. I might say, oh, okay, this is the way it is, because yes. I don't look at the violins as physically like that i can't say oh this looks so beautiful but any old violin typically does look beautiful i mean because yeah, it it's is. aged and if it's in good condition you can see the uh, grains of the wood or the shape in like in this one in your violin the front has these long lines along yes. the instrument yeah the spruce and then the back has these horizontal lines these could be clouds around one of those planets in fact, you can see this little part of the tree that, you know, there was a branch coming out, maybe. Yeah, it's yeah. a branch. It I, breaks the pattern. Yeah. So the front is very kind of regular looking in that way. Yeah. But the back is like two different colors of lines already. There's a whiter yeah. lines and then there's thicker, darker colored lines yeah. alternating. And then it's not symmetrical. So yeah. So it's really beautiful. I mean... That's the beauty of it, and the good varnish will certainly bring these qualities out more. Yeah. But so when you go out, you don't see these details. I mean, in a concert hall, it's an instrument. Yeah, it's not then the whole connection is through sound. Yes, it is. It's uh, so funny. Yeah, exactly. So I understand what you mean when you say, I look at it, I'm still perfectionist, like this corner is a little like that. and I, You can uh, see these yes. little things. To me, they don't appear to be imperfections no, it's not, at all. No, it's not possible to see them, because it took, it took me some... Because this was broader, the wood. The wood was broader. I, I put it here, or I can put it here. And like you I, could I have left that branch point out of the yes, whole back. But then I wouldn't have this wonderful piece here on the in it, because here it's so... That's funny, so, now when you so, put it under the light, I see these other lines. That's really yeah. funny. I, I Now this I one, see yes. on the maple, I see these also the horizontal lines. Yes. That, yeah, that in, from this other angle that they yeah. I didn't see them before. Yeah, that's the rings. The Those are the rings. These are also the uh, rings here. Those are the rings, slightly wider, but again, yeah. this texture is something else. That, yeah. It's yes. really, really interesting. Yeah. But at the end, and then we pick up the instrument, then we all we do, we don't even, I mean, we look at these things, but uh, not everybody. Like I bought a car and I didn't even. It didn't. It didn't even occur to me to open the uh, the the front, the the trunk of the car to look in the engine. And it's like I was like, I was like, I asked a friend of mine, so it didn't occur to me. Yeah. Because I'm just going to yeah. drive it. Yeah. But you know, some people are just looking at those details. But when you play one, well, you don't really see the instrument. Like when I play the, when I I don't I don't look at the instrument that way from the angle. I cannot. The back yeah. I never see unless I am not playing and holding yeah. it in my hand, then it becomes something else. Exactly. You don't see those things as no. a player most no. of the time. And you, it's not it's not so important for you neither. Because at you, all, no. <laughs> Maybe you, you like to look at it if it's beautiful. But if it's beautiful, you like to look at it. But again, it's in your hands when you're working as a professional. You might be holding that instrument 10 hours daily yeah. in your hand, yeah. playing or standing or you know, waiting, or but it's in your hand and yeah. you don't typically look at it because there's something else to concentrate, yeah. the music, the notes, the rehearsal, yeah. whatever. And that, what matters then is what the instrument sounds like. Yeah. And that's that's how we I select, you know, like I listen to it. Then again, somebody has to listen yeah. from a distance to say, okay, it, sound, it projects or doesn't project. Yeah. And the balance between different strings, like, oh, it's yeah. beautiful on the E string and violin is a soprano instrument. So yeah. the E string has to be not just loud, but has to be also beautiful, Yeah, just like uh -huh. a soprano. Yes, but then again, true. the G string is this, it has to have a deep sound, but also needs to yeah. project. Yeah. So that balance between the strings is also very important. Yeah. Uh, and you can play with these things, the beast, this balance by adjusting the sound post. And now and in this, bridge. yeah, uh -huh. but in this moment, I have this. Uh, this point is very important for because it, I make a little bit the G string a little bit higher already now in the in the neck. Uh, yeah, because then it has a little bit more tension on the in the end. Ah, uh, okay. Over the if I put the G string on, 
and this is not not much maybe it's half millimeter here higher than okay. on the g string than on the e string g string uh, is the thickest string of the violin and the e string is the thinnest typically e strings are like steel strings but the g string will be thicker and then we'll have some windings on it teflon gold and all kinds of things but g string speaks not as bright as the e string for example yeah so you're saying for the G string to speak more, to project more, you even yeah. like made the neck, part of the neck where the G string will be placed on, slightly higher, half a millimeter higher than yes. the rest. Yeah. And that will also be the same thing with the fingerboard, obviously. Yeah, uh -huh. that's it. So the bridge is on the high side, on the mm -hmm. treble side, a little bit lower. And it is, to play, it is comfortable and but this is not the real reason, but it sounds better. This is good for the sound of both the deep and the high strings, in my experience. <laughs> okay, but that kind of experience I don't have. I just play and like, okay, the A string is not responding to... Because I change instruments very quickly. Yeah, that, that's, I guess it's an advantage, but... Uh -huh. uh, like I yes. played on your violin probably four or five days before the concerto. Yes, so yes. that's amazing. That's a very short time. Yes. And even before that, I actually was playing not on my violin, but two, three other violins that I tried. Yes. I went to rehearsals with it and then eventually picked up yours. It's such a personal thing. The distances for your fingers, the intonation, the yeah. neck, yeah. the instrument. But obviously, I don't play on an instrument that I find that feels very strange to me. It has to yeah. be similar to earlier instruments that I played than it is. Yeah. It's a faster adjustment for me. So this is great. I would like to hear this instrument done. And then, yes, uh, and then she can play it. Uh, I can yeah. even maybe play it and she can listen to it. It would be uh, great if you would play it. Yeah, yeah, happily, uh, can, always. Yes. I, I'm always happy to play different instruments and yeah. help out if I can. Yeah, that's great. Yes, of course. I appreciate that. Yes. Well, Veronica, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. It was fun conversation. Yes, well, thank you very much for visiting us. Always. I will always come back. We actually, we will talk about Mittenwald. Yes. Okay. This violin will be finished in a few weeks, maybe. Yes. And then will be played. So this piece of wood is becoming a living thing, let's call it. Because yeah. it certainly will live, probably, and most likely much longer than we will. Yes, uh -huh. that's true. <laughs> So, thank you very much everybody for joining me at today's talk. We talked about violin making, but also it's other typically untalked about aspects from the points of a player like me and a violin maker like Veronica. I hope you enjoyed it. See you next time. Thank you for joining me today at another Open Windows podcast of Hit the Road Cultural Journeys. Hit the Road is an artistic and educational project that has evolved and been developed in the last 30 years artistically to promote solo violin works that are rarely or never performed, also to educate audiences about different aspects of Western classical music. And we value your support. Please consider supporting Hit the Road Cultural Journeys and become a valued member of Hit the Road Inner Circle. Visit our page at patreon.com, type Hit the Road and watch our introductory video. You can support this project then by choosing a membership level and with your small monthly contributions. Hit the road needs you. Until next time, all the best. Yeah.